0: Best in Class is back with a deep dive, a very, very deep dive on the Buccaneers 2023 NFL Draft by JoeBucksFan.com draft guru Sean Sullivan, like only Sean can. And when you're not listening to him at Best in Class, you can find him at Bill Curry Ford. He's also the GM there, Bill Curry Ford. Com. Here's Sean. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Best in Class with Sean Sullivan coming to you live from the giant, the all-new Bill Curry Ford, one mile north of Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, according to our new commercials, which are all over the place. So if you haven't seen them, please visit us at YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, and uh, you will see some amazing stuff. Say hi to Grace. Hi. The best assistant in the business who just did our Cinco de Mayo party for our customers and our staff, which was a huge hit here at Bill Curry Ford. So, very exciting news, Grace. We just had our draft, and I'm going to actually do an entire breakdown of all of our draft picks. And then on our next podcast, we'll be doing a, a breakdown of undrafted players at the Bucks Sign because I think it's important to have its own podcast. Please visit us at BillCurryFord.com. See all of our amazing specials. We now have the ability for you to buy from home. So you can go online, pull your credit, get your rate, appraise your car. It actually pulls your payoff in, gives you your payments, gives you your finance and insurance products, and you can hit buy, and you will be an owner. And then Bill Curry Ford will bring that vehicle to your home and drop it off in your driveway and bring your trade back, or we can do the rest of the uh, transaction at the dealership. But guess what? It might take you 15 minutes just to swap cars. So again, everything that we can do to make the customer's experience better, we're doing at Bill Curry Ford. It's a third-generation family business operated and owned by Jennifer Balamo Curry. So we have a female owner, which is very always exciting in the car business. And of course, we have 41 active charities. Visit gthomas at billcurryford.com if you have anything local that you would like Bill Curry Ford to sponsor, get involved with, help with, or help anybody in our community because that's the kind of people we are. We are also, every day, fighting corporate greed. So I love that. Family-owned, every day. All right. Let's get into what I'm calling the era of the pass rusher. Now that I've seen the entire draft in its entirety, and I had a great time, by the way, at LJ's, uh, was very kind to let us have our draft party at the Big Storm in Newport City. What a great time. It was awesome to be with the Joe Bucks fan listeners and readers and hanging out with Ira and Steve. I mean, what what a great time. And We saw Rock Riley. Of course, and then Grace hung out with me. So I'm not I'm not forgetting you, Grace. The fans got to meet you. That was so much fun. So, you know, it took me a minute because, as you know, Jameer Gibbs is who I predicted the Bucks to draft. And uh, and I had him I – t- I said he's a superstar. I think he's going to be an in- incredible player. And there was a lot of people that, un- that gave me some flack about it, saying, hey, he's a running back. He's not going in the first round, whatever, whatever. He's a product of Alabama. Well, guess what? I mean, he went, what, 12th overall? So he went a lot higher than 19. So I guess I was right again, Grace. Put that down on my I'm on my, on the right column um, that other teams obviously saw him as being a superstar. But um, let's talk about what the Bucs did. Again, the error of the pass rush. The Bucks went into this draft. Of course, they don't share their plan with us as, as fans, but, but they obviously wanted to get faster, not just on offense, but on defense. And they wanted to become more athletic, more physical. And and that's what we did. Our entire draft is like an Olympic team with speed and power. And I'm going to go over a couple of things. So basically, my breakdown on each individual player, I have gone to their college sites. I have watched college interviews with their coaches. I have watched their best games and their worst games. I have gone on, like, again, social media. I have done everything I can to get you the very best information for Joe Bucks fan listeners because you deserve it. Right, And we're going to go over the good and bad. So our first-round draft pick was uh, Kalijah Kansi, obviously defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. Now, I have no problem because if Jason Light on his board had Cancy as a top-10 pick on his board, top-15 pick on his board, and he took the best player available after the offensive tackles were off the board, and, of course, Jameer Gibbs was off the board, I understand why he would take the best player available. That's all I've ever asked as a fan of the Buccaneers, just please don't reach for players. Please just take the best player on the board. And whether I agree that Kajaya Kansi is, is the best guy or not uh, at 19 is irrelevant because on the Buccaneers board, they had him obviously higher than 19th. They took about 30 seconds to turn the card in. And Jason wasn't trying to trade down and pick up that other fourth-round pick. So to me, it means that they were extremely high on him. And let's be clear. When we drafted him, I looked at him as as a three technique, you know, in an odd front, and I'm like, okay, he's undersized, and how is he going to play next to Veya, and is he going to be a good fit for that? But then after uh, a lot of research and listening to how Todd Bowles and Jason Light are going to use him, if they're going to use him to play on the outside of an odd man front uh, as a pass rushing specialist, and you can keep you know other players on the field, I mean, that's pretty. Interesting, and it wasn't something that I did in my, in my best-in-class breakdown for defensive tackles, even though he was my second-best defensive tackle. And it's really by default, because I understand that everybody loves Jalen Carter. I don't see all of this a massive talent. I see, I see a guy that takes a lot of plays off, and then when you watch Kansi's tape, he, he's quite opposite. He is a very hard worker. So I'm going to go over the, the positives and negatives of Kansi, and we're going to start with his size. So 6'1", 280 pounds which is not terrible. Not great, but not terrible. And we're going to go over the percentiles based on the next-gen stats in just a few minutes. But his arm length at 30 and five eighths is, is, of course, very, very poor for a defensive lineman. Now, and his hand size is fine over, over nine inches. So if you go and you look at him on tape and you watch against Syracuse and you and you watch some of these games that he played, and you realize that He's a lot stronger than what his size is, is saying he is when he takes on double teams and he's able to hold at the point. But some of the things that you're going to see that he's going to struggle in is on power running games, he's a liability. And when he's out in space, um, he gets pushed down to the ground pretty easily, actually. I wouldn't have him out in space very often if I was Todd Bowles. And again, in a zone running scheme, if we're playing a zone running scheme, he's going to dominate when those running backs are trying to. They're trying to get sideline to sideline with with Cansey. It's not going to happen. He is too fast, has too much of an explosive burst. He doesn't miss a lot of tackles. He can beat double teams, which is great. But he's going to struggle with power run, which is the Atlanta Falcons. So I I think that depending on how Todd Bowles is going to play this, I think you're going to have gains on the field. You're going to have Vea, and then you're going to have. Uh, Cancy would be your starters, and I, I think that gives you a nice combination of run stop and pass and, and pass rush. But everything I see on this guy, he's a pass rusher. That's what we have him here for, and that's what he's going to do. And I think Todd Bowles is going to like again. He's going to put him on the outside of the three four, not just play him at the three technique, which I think is which is smart. And if you're in, an, in a gap system, if you're watching him in gaps, he he plays the B and C gap much better than he does the A gap. When you're watching him on film. So I find I'm liking him more and more. But, again, I watch too much tape of him in space where, you know, where he gets engaged and he can't get off. And then I watched him get pushed to the ground a couple of times. And then power run, you know, obviously that can be fixed with technique. But I think his burst of speed when he gets up the field takes him out of some of that power run. But it puts him right into play to make tackles for loss on like a a zone scheme or a a wide scheme. Um, He earned the top – NGS athletic score of 94 amongst all defensive tackles. And, of course, that was highlighted by his 40-yard dash of 4.67, which is, if you, for those of you who, um, who don't care about 40-yard dashes, listen, this is pursuit, right? He doesn't have to be a track star, but he has to have the ability to pursue and tackle, which he has that at 4.67. He has it in, in, in bunches. That is the best score since 2003, by the way, which I thought was interesting. Let's see. What, so, uh, some really great stuff in my notes, right? He's the ACC Defensive Player of the Year, uh, which is really cool. He ran a three uh, cone drill, which um, you're not going to find anywhere, but I actually found it by doing a ton of research. He did it in 6.91, which would be the number one score at the combine had he done the three cone at the combine. So not only did he dominate the combine athletically with a 94 score and a 4.67 40, he also had a 6.91. Uh, official three cone drill which also would have been the best had he done it at the combine so that shows you that this guy's an athletic freak he didn't do the bench press at the combine and he didn't do the bench press at his pro day because he said he had a slight shoulder injury so the reason why I brought this up is because I I I am interested in his strength because he's short-armed he's not going to be able to use leverage he's going to have to his technique is going to have to be perfect uh on some of these guys and then and listen, bench press does not mean how strong someone is. What it does tell me, it does give me a gauge on how much time he spends in the gym. You had some guys at the Combine that weighed 300 pounds that did you know, 12 reps of 225, right? So I can do 12 reps of 225. And, and probably not now. I'm probably more like maybe four now. But there was a time where I could do 12. And what I'm saying is, it just shows you how much time they spend in the gym. And I would have been interested to know if Cancy is a 23 to 26 rep guy from the bench. And I got, and of course, I have no information because nowhere on the internet does it tell you um, his bench press. But from just watching tape, I can see that he's strong enough to play in the NFL. I just got a little concerned. Uh, if you guys listen to my best in class breakdown of defensive tackles, I'm going to go over some of my size concerns because he does get gobbled up sometimes. But Veda Veya is going to take those double teams. And if they decide to double team Kansi, then Veda Vea is going to eat them alive. So it's going to be pretty much pick your poison on that. And I really like the idea of Kansi lining up on the outside. He has a fast enough burst to do. And we're going to go over some other draft picks again because this is the era of the pass rush in this draft. Now that I've seen – this is like a puzzle where Jason Light starts with one piece and it's like an edge piece. And you're like, okay – I don't really know where this piece goes. And then when you see the draft in its entirety, you're like, okay, Jason, I got you. I see what you're trying to build. So this is a piece uh, in a a very important puzzle for the 2023 Buccaneers. Again, I I mentioned before that he was a unanimous unanimous All-American. He was ACC Defensive Player of the Year. He was also a first-time All-ACC player, even in 21, at Pitt. So last year he played in uh, 11 games. He had 31 total tackles. 14.5 14 and a half tackles for loss, and seven and a half sacks. Now, what stands out to me as a guy that prides himself on being like an amateur scout and the, the Joe Bucks fan draft guru is the fact that half of his tackles are for loss. That's tremendous. Most of the time when you see ratios of, of tackles to loss versus, you know, like a solo or, or even an assisted tackle, it's not 50%. So not only is this guy spending half of his, his time in the backfield, I, I just think that that's a, a really interesting stat that we should go over. Now, let's go over some of his statistics as far as his measurables. Now, the way this works is if uh, it's a, it's based on a 100 percentile, which means if you're 100 percent, you're like the very best in that category. And if you're 1 percent, you know, obviously you were the worst out of all the defensive tackles. So Height—he's 6'1", That was ten percent, so that's obviously on the lower side. Right hands, over nine inches, which is fine. Seventeen percentile, which is fine. The forty—he was ninety one percent, which means you know he was one of the best runners in the draft, obviously, which is pretty incredible, actually. His vertical at thirty three and a half was seventy three percentile. His three cone, which is um, which was ninety percent, which is what we talked about, is it was the fastest at the uh, combine. Two hundred and eighty one pounds doesn't really matter, forty two percent. Arm length, here we go. Three and five eighths. There's nothing he can do about it. Um he's seven percentile, which means he's in the he's in the very bottom of all all players with arm length. So it's shuttle, four, three, six, seventy seven percentile, broad jump, fifty-six percentile. Again, he did not bench. His wingspan was seventy two and six eighths, which puts him at one percentile, which means he was last in arm span. So that's an interesting statistic. 10-yard at one point six four seventy six percent So we have this explosive athlete who can rush the passer, which I think he's probably the best pass rushing D tackle in this draft. I don't think there's any question about that. I don't even think anybody would argue with me about that. But questions about his strength. There's going to be questions about him playing at all in space, which I don't think he should, and about his overall strength holding up against like a power run game. I, I do like this pick very much. I was a little unsure of what we were doing, but now that, again, that I've seen the whole draft, and this is, goes to Lee DeKemper, now that I've seen the whole draft and I see what Jason was putting together, and I know that that Kansi was, was not on their plans to draft in the first round. Let's not all kid each other, right? We all know that this was not their first choice, selection. It doesn't mean he wasn't the best selection for the Bucks, and he fell to us at 19. He should have gone probably... Top 15, according to a lot of mock drafts. And he was just too good to resist on our board. And we took the best player available, and I'm proud of Jason Light for that. The other part about having a first-round draft pick uh, defensive tackle is based on how many snaps are we going to see out of, of Kansi. Now, if he's playing in a rotation with four guys, and Logan Hall is going to be one of those guys, as we just read an article on Joe Buck's fan that Logan Hall – uh, bulked up to 296 pounds, so he's going to play more interior, and he's going to be in that rotation. Is Kansi going to get 400 snaps, 500 snaps as a rookie? And as a first-round draft pick, 19th overall, I would really like to see him, and this goes to Steve Itbits. This is for you. I would like to see him at six to 700 snaps as a rookie, as a 19th overall pick, because, as you know, the Vita-Veya conversation always continues. Is vita Vea a part-time player or a full-time player? And is he just better getting rest and stints? I would personally like to see six or 700 snaps from my first-round draft pick. Uh, just to give you, for instance, Logan Hall, who was our first-round draft pick last year, he was the, our first overall pick last year, I should say, not our first-round draft pick last year, had 268 snaps all year. That's not enough, guys, to develop. 268 snaps is not enough in the NFL to develop into a player. So the Bucks recognized that, I'm assuming, this is an assumption, because I don't. Ha- I didn't talk to any coaches about this, that Logan Hall didn't have the size and strength to play on the interior. He's kind of a tweener from the inside-outside. I'm not a big fan of his length right now. And they were like, okay, we're going to play him 268 snaps. We can't get him any more snaps until he bulks up. And again, this off season, he's done his job. He went out and put on probably, what, 12 to 14 pounds of muscle, and and built some strength, and we'll see if that's going to be better coming out of the University of Houston. Which I guys, I'm not down on Logan Hall. I wish he had played more last year. I believe that the position coach for on the on the D line said that he should have played more last year. I would have liked to have seen some more. I'm not uh, Joe Tryon is a guy that I think that you're going to see him take a huge leap uh, this year in in his pass rushing ability, especially with this interior pressure, and if we can add some more outside pressure. Um, you know from one of the um, three four outside linebackers which is what Todd Bowles talked about I think that's going to be super interesting Bucks head coach Todd Bowles called first-round draft pick Kalijah Kansi a perfect fit for his defense and Kansi is ready to contribute all along the defensive line front which is exactly what we talked about when I did my breakdown on him I really did not foresee him playing in any position but a three technique and now that, now that we're looking at it and the way Todd Bowles is talking about how he can play every position on the front, including like an outside pass rush, it is very intriguing. Uh, I don't grade draft picks. Uh, I, can, I can say they're good or bad or they were drafted high. He was drafted where he was supposed to be drafted. Um, he was definitely a first-round draft pick. He was my second-best defensive tackle. He's the best pass-rushing defensive tackle in the draft. And I hope that he makes the Pro Bowl as a rookie. That's what I hope every player does for the Bucs because I support the Bucs and I love them, and I, I hope that he uh, kills it for us. If Vita Veya ties up double teams and Kansi is one-on-one with a guard, game over. We're going to get some pressure on the quarterback. Good for Jason Light on this one. Um, I was thinking is if you missed on the tackle and you missed on your running back, trade down. But I guess he was so high on their board, they're like, we can't pass him up, and I get it. On the second round, uh, we picked a guy, if you listen to Best in Class, which I, I know you do, and you, you heard me break down um, offensive tackles and my guards, uh, I said that uh, Cody uh, Malk would be a buck because I said that Jason Light's not going to be able to resist him. Check the tape. It's in there. Knew he was going to be a buck. I knew Jason Light was going to love this guy. It's not a big surprise. I I laugh with Lee DeKemper all the time. Small school guy, chip on his shoulder, you know, red hair. He looks like he, he he belongs in Leonard Skinner. I mean, the guy's just a lot of fun. North Dakota State drives me nuts. It is what it is. I trust Jason Light when it comes to these guys. Jason Light is the best general manager in the NFL at offensive line, right? I'm not saying he's the best general manager in the entire NFL overall. I'm saying offensive line, you have to trust Jason Light. He, he is superior to anybody else in this industry when it comes to picking these guys. And I think that, that his track record proves that. So we're going to go on a theme here that Jason Light not only drafts players that he likes, that he likes leaders. So guess who was the team captain? Uh, again, Cody, Cody Malk was his team captain uh, of his team. Basically, every single draft pick that Jason Light, other than Cancy, and I'm going to explain to you why Cancy wasn't team captain, was a team captain. Every single draft pick was a captain. You heard it here on Joe Buck's fan. It's pretty crazy, right? So Cody Mock basically 6'5", 302 pounds, 78 uh, and 7'8", wingspan, which put him, again, in the lower percentile. Uh, His arm length, again, 5 percentile at 32 and 3 eighths is not very good. Uh, These are for tackles, but for a guard it's fine. 9 and 3 fourths is 27 percentile. 10-yard split, 48 percentile at 1.79. 40-yard dash, he did a a 5.08, which is 82 percentile. Vertical jump, 29, 61 percentile. Broad jump, 108, 76 percentile. Three-cone drill, which is why Cody Malk is going to play guard and why he was made to play in the wide mid-zone that Dave Canales is going because his three-cone at 7.33 was 93 percentile, which means he's in the top. Of all the players at his position and how he can move. And guess what you need to do? You have to have quick feet to play in the wide zone. And guess what he has? He has quick feet. It doesn't even matter that he can play all five positions. I love his athleticism and how he moves, right? 20 yard shuttle, four, five, five, eighty-four percent. Bench press, twenty-nine reps, put him in the eighty-three percentile. So the guy's a, a very strong guy. His NFL comparison is Liam Eichenberg out of Notre Dame, out of twenty in and twenty-one. But this guy was made uh, for Jason Light. We all know that. There's no, there's no joking around. We all know it. And then he was made to play in our new offensive running uh, system, wide zone, mid zone, with Dave Canales. So he is the perfect fit at the senior bowl. He played some center. He played left tackle, right tackle, um, center, and guard at the senior bowl. And he did them all extremely well. So he's probably our long-term solution at center. Which is everybody talked about for now. He's going to line up next to Jensen, which is an exciting. I don't know if it's going to be left guard or right guard, but he's definitely playing guard, and I, I absolutely love this pick for the Bucks. Uh, I think he's a day one starter. Cansey, I think, is a day one starter. So I think Jason Light has gone into this draft and got athletic, athletic between these two guys. He got one team captain out of these two guys. He got a great pass rusher, and he got a a guy that I think is going to bring some physicality and some athleticism to our guard position. So congratulations on these two picks. Round three, Yaya Diaby, right? He's an outside linebacker in the 3-4, which is exactly what defense we play. He's out of Louisville. This guy is a pass rusher. Pass rusher, pass rusher, pass rusher, right? Percentiles. Height, 6'3", 43%, weight 2, 63, 45 percentile. Arm length, 33 and 7'8", 63 percentile. Hand size, he's over 10 inches hand size, 86%. 10-yard split, this is incredible. 1.56, 10-yard split, 93 percentile. 40-yard dash, a 4'540, 96 percentile of all the players at his position. That's incredible. Vertical jump, 37, 86 percentile. Broad jump, 120, puts him at the 73 percentile. Based on these measurements, Diaby earned a relative athletic score of 9.86 out of 10, ranking him 24th out of 1,629 defensive ends from 1987 to 2023, 98 percentile. So he is ranked 24th out of the last 35 years of, of combine testing. That's incredible. His, this guy, athletically, hasn't scratched the surface. This guy, I, I believe, is going to be a, a, a blend of speed and power uh, in the 3-4 outside linebacker force. I think he's going he's to be a guy that's going to be able to really impact the game. And I can't wait to see him on the field. So his NFL comparison, Boye Maffe out of Minnesota, we talked about him in the best-in-class last year, uh, and Javon Clowney. Uh, obviously, who was the top pick in the draft out of South Carolina over the quarterbacks. Uh, let's look at his uh, statistics at Louisville. Uh, he played in 13 games last year. He had 37 total tackles. He had 14 tackles for loss. Again, an incredible number. Nine sacks, uh, two forced fumbles. Those are terrific statistics. His entire career, he had 94 tackles, 20 tackles for loss and 10 and a half sacks. He really came into his own last year. Again, he is the team captain of his team, right? Obviously, I keep saying that; that's redundant, but I can't help it. I get excited. Leader, fast, athletic, one of the most athletic players ever at his position from 1987 to 2023. 98 percentile, incredible. This guy's going to make a huge difference in our team. Let's t- let's talk about his first step. If you guys have watched any highlights. If you guys don't want to break down the draft like I do, it makes total sense. You want to listen to the podcast. That's, that's fantastic. What I want you to do is watch some of this guy's games. You can go to YouTube and you can just, just watch it. If you don't want to watch a full game where you're like breaking down each snap, it's okay. Watch his highlights. He has some really good highlights. Watch his, watch his first step. It's, an, it's insane. Watch him hit the guard or the tackle and, and actually make him wobble. They go left or right, and then he's just so physical at the point of attack. I love, the, you know, the only negative I can find on this guy, there's only, only one. And, and it, and it's and again, he needs to get better at, at working on the run game. Like, you know, he's a pass rusher first, and he's a very physical player. Uh, I think he's a good tackler. Um, but he's got some work to do in the run. And, I, and, there, and I'm not talking about scheme running like I was talking about with Cancy, where he's going to be a scheme guy, which he's going to do great against his zone but not against the power. This guy overall needs to do a better job against the run, but he's going to give us more pass rush, more pass rush, and Lee and I are super happy the Bucks actually drafted pass rushers. Now, we didn't have a fourth-round draft pick. We went into the fifth round, and we picked Servasier Dennis, linebacker, Pittsburgh. Okay, team captain. Again, that's why uh, Cancy wasn't team captain, because they gave it to their middle Mike linebacker, right? So this guy called plays for the defense. Uh, he was their team captain. He is a killer, and I mean killer, blitzing linebacker. So – when I say he's a pass rusher, he's not the guy that's going to go and engage uh, a guard or a tackle and do some type of swing move, power move, you know, where he gets to the pass rusher and fights through that. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about this guy does delayed blitzes. His first step is incredible. I, I, I was watching him. So when you when you look at his, we're going to talk about his sacks. He had seven sacks last year. We're going to talk about his sacks. But um, it's incredible when you think about the fact that he's standing there in the passing lane he takes off after the play is done, takes perfect angles to the quarterback, and takes him down. I watched his angles. You can't teach that. You just can't teach it. I have a really I have a secret for that I'm going to reveal about Servassier in, in a few minutes uh, as we get down, and I think it's going to blow some Buck fans away. But, again, 6, six, uh, six foot, 226 pounds, uh, 32 7 8 arms, which is 69 percentile, hand size 10 and 5 with 97 percentile, 19 reps on the bench, uh, which is very good. He ran a four-five-three forty. Again, uh, that was the top um, run that I could find for him. His uh, NFL comparisons: Ruben Foster out of Alabama. I'm pretty sure everybody knows who he is. Last year at Pitt, he played in 12 games. How many tackles do you think this guy had in 12 games? Oh, only 94, 94 tackles, 12 tackles for loss, seven sacks, had an interception. Right, And he had three pass defense and two forced fumbles. He's a wrecking crew. Uh, this guy, the, the Bucks got Servassier in the fifth round. There's no reason to believe that it, what, when we were scouting Kansi that, that Dennis didn't just jump off the film. They're like, we're, we're watching one player, and Servassier keeps making all of these plays over and over again. And you're like, okay, we're, we're drafting this guy. Okay, so NFL insider Jordan Schultz reported that Dennis – recorded the highest cognitive testing score of any linebacker in the draft, which is AIQ, for those of you who don't know what that is. So they conducted these tests. He scored in the 99th percentile of learning efficiency and the ability to diagnose what he's looking at. 99%, guys. This guy is the real deal. Not only is he physically gifted, not only is he an amazing blitzer, what does he have? He has the ability at the mic to to really process what's going on in front of him. To pick up data quickly and to and to react to a play, very physical player. He was uh, selected first team All ACC. He was a Buckus uh, Award um, uh, finalist for the top. He has an explosive first step, which we talked about. Um, he's a violent, violent tackler. Like he is, you know, you got tackled uh, by this guy. Uh, I, I absolutely loved him in space. He um, he doesn't scare me at all. Um, he and again, one of his. This is so funny. One of his best attributes is his ability to read uh, um, targets in the zone coverage. And I'm thinking to myself, it's probably because of his ability to process and how good of a processor he is. So uh, as a pass rusher, again, he's a blitzing pass rusher. So we've tried to blitz um, Levante David, and Levante David was a very good blitzer under Shiano. But never really developed, um, and as a, you know, getting sacks later after ch- after coaching changes. And then we go to Devin White. Devin White had a couple of good games against the Falcons, where he where he got his sack total up. But overall, is not a terrific blitzer as a, as a linebacker. This guy's in another level as far as what Todd Bowles is going to do with him. His closing speed, first burst, the way that he can interpret what's going on, the way he absolutely knows exactly when uh, to blitz is pretty crazy. I think this guy is going to back up Devin White. And I think he's going to be a situational pass rusher for us in some of those downs. I think Savasier Dennis is a sleeper pick. I think he is a steal in the fifth round. I think he had a third round grade. And I, I think that Jason Light killed it with this pick. Uh, round five, Payne Durham, tight end out of Purdue. Uh, again, another team captain for Purdue. Uh, his NFL comparisons, Kate Otten. Guess where he plays? Uh, plays for the Bucks, obviously. Six foot five. 79 percentile, 253 in weight, 52 percentile, arm length, 33 and 38, 64 percent, hand size over 9 inches, which is fine, 10-yard split, 1.61, which is 73 percentile, 40-yard dash, 487, which is in the lower end, 25 percent, so there's a lot of tight ends that ran faster, vertical jump, three and uh, 3.5, which is 68 percentile, he had... Uh, 56 uh, receptions last year for 560 yards and he had eight Tds he's a very good red zone target I would assume because he's six6 that makes a, a a lot of difference so he's quick off the line doesn't have good long-term speed which is pretty pretty easy I think he actually moved really well after yards after catch like when you watch his tape you're like he's open a lot let's just say he's not he's not catching a lot of contested passes he's kind of schemed to open but once he gets the ball in his hands he runs he's a north and south runner. Uh, his hands are super soft. If you throw it to him, he's going to catch it. So I believe I don't have the statistic here. I saw it after. I actually saw it after the statistic when when I actually saw uh, the fact that he only dropped three balls, I think, in his entire college career that were catchable balls, which I think was pretty crazy. Um, but I didn't have that from my notes, obviously, but I, I found that out later. As a blocker, above average blocker. He's going to suffer because he's a little bit slower. I don't know how his route running is. You can't really tell because he's schemed open a lot. But he's got long arms. He's going to be able to block very well in our running game. I think, I think a, lot of, a lot of people are going are to see when they watch the Senior Bowl practice. You guys can go back and see this on YouTube. He did extremely well in the Senior Bowl. He did extremely well in the actual game itself. And a lot of the uh, coaches were really, really high on him. I really like the fact that he's 6'6". I mean, I like that size. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of things to like about him. I, I think that uh, he might become a fan favorite just because of the fact that he has soft hands. He's going to catch some harder to catch balls, but again, he's a slow plotter, so it's not like he's going to break away and, and run the ball downfield. I think he's going to he could be a possession tight end, like on third and four, third and five, catch those balls, and then he's going to really help us in the run game, so one of the conversations I heard on Joe Bucks fan was the Bucks did not do a lot on offense this year, and we're going to talk about that, but But between Durham right now and Cody Mock, and I haven't even gotten down to to Palmer yet, but between those two guys, we've we've greatly helped our run game. From the year before, we had the best blocker probably of all time in Gronk, and we had O.J. Howard, who's an above-average blocker, and you had Cameron Braid as your third blocker. Last year, we had Cam Braid as our first guy, and then we had K Dotton, who was a who was a, an average blocker, and Kieft which was an average blocker. So if you look at it, our run game not only suffered from injuries to Ryan Jensen and injuries at guard, and and the lack of that Donovan didn't play very well. In scheme wise, I think Byron which hurt us some on the scheme because he didn't have the players to run this power that he was trying to run uh, last year with the injuries. But when you look at it. I think the tight ends greatly affected our running game, and I think that Jason Light has is going to see huge improvements from Cade, huge improvements from Kokiif, who was just at a uh, at, at Mike Alstott's uh, benefit, which he does. He has this amazing charity, and I saw that Kokiif showed up and so, showed support for Mike Alstott's charity, which I really liked. I mean, he, again, we, we not only draft good players, we draft good people, and I and I like that about Jason Light. Moving on to, um, again to round six, uh, Josh Hayes. From Kansas State, a guy that was very hard to find information on. Uh, I found out that uh, for those Bucks fans that knew who Geno Hayes was, that is uh, Josh's Hayes uncle. Geno Hayes played linebacker for the Bucks. Again, uh, Josh Hayes was a uh, team captain. Um, he is definitely probably a nickel in the NFL, which I thought was interesting. Josh Hayes and Cody Mock were both teammates, and they won a national championship together at North Dakota State, which I thought was pretty cool. So the fact that now there's some—that probably Cody Mock probably told uh, Jason Light some information about Josh Hayes, it's possible. And Josh Hayes is probably—like, again, he's going to be a slot corner. He's going to be uh, probably a little bit of safety as well in the NFL. What I could find on him, very physical tackler, very hard hitter, 5'11", 197. His low time in the forty was 4.42. His high was 4.47. So if you think about it, he's he's in that he's in that four. He's under below a 4.5, which is really good. Uh, hands are eight, arms are 31. His wingspan's 76. 20 yard dash was 2.67. His 10 yard dash 157. He had 16 reps in the bench press for a man his size and his position, which I, I think is incredible. That just it doesn't talk about how strong he is for all you guys who say bench press doesn't make a football player. I get all that. It shows me that he actually works in the gym. Because you have to do work in the gym to be able to bench press 16 times, right? It means that he, that he does what he's supposed to do. He's a three-time champion, FS, FCS champion, 17, 18, and 19, three championships in a row. Um, he started a, a whopping 38 games in college, which I think is uh, pretty crazy. Uh, last year, he had 71 tackles, uh, five and a half tackles for loss, seven pass defense, which I thought was pretty cool he had a couple of defensive honors but there's really a, not a ton of stuff on this guy other than he's a champion, he's a team captain, he he he's pretty quick, he's very he's obviously uh, a gym rat so he's very strong and he hits extremely hard. That's what I can find about him. Uh, the only th- the only negatives I can find on him is he he lacks great top end speed which I and he must improve his back pedal. We'll see how that goes when, when with the position that they're going to put him in, but I think What you're going to see is Hayes is probably going to be a special teamer his rookie year because I think Zylan McCollum, who we drafted last year, is going to be that slot corner. It's going to be very hard from what the coaches have said about McCollum to to lose that job. But I think that Hayes gives us a a special teams guy, a guy that we can throw in there uh, if we need him to, and I think there's some potential there. But as far as a a draft guru breakdown of Josh Hayes, he wasn't even in my – draft breakdown. And then when I went to find anybody who actually broke him down, I could only find little bits and pieces. None of the major people broke him down as a player or, or scouted him uh, for the NFL. He was actually projected to be a, a, an undrafted free agent. We drafted him in the sixth round. Not quite sure the value there. I think this is the first time that you saw a position of need player taken. But we'll see. I wish him the very best. I hope he has a terrific career for the Bucks. Um, But I think Zylan McCollum is going to be special, and I think people are going to really see that this year. From what the coaches are saying, it's going to be his job to start training camp. Very exciting player in Trey Palmer. Again, another team captain at Nebraska. He set every single Nebraska receiving record uh, last year uh, of all time. NFL comparison, according to Gen Stats, is Garrett Wilson, who was Offensive Rookie of the Year last year, and Dante Pettis, which for NFL teams know that he's like a – a uh, special teams guy catches the ball, but mostly a kick as a, as a punt returner. So he's he's a lot bigger than I thought. When you actually watch, I always thought that Trey Palmer was going to be one of the smaller wide receivers when we broke him down in best in class. But at six foot one hundred ninety two pounds, that's not little. Um, it's not super big, but he's not he's not super little. Uh, and then at ten yard split 1-5-1, one, one one, that's an eighty percentile. His forty yard dash was four three one, 94 percentile. He was the fastest player at the NFL Combine this year. Speed, speed, speed. 71 catches for 1,043 uh, three yards and 9 TDs last year, 15 yards a catch. He was a five-star recruit committed to LSU. He went to LSU and had a kick and punt return uh, touchdowns. And then he transferred uh, because he was behind some top receivers there. Obviously, I don't have to name their names. You guys know them. There are pro bowlers in the NFL. Uh, and then he transferred to Nebraska where he became the, uh, the man. Let's see, vertical uh, skills, extremely good. Game-changing speed. This guy is, is the fastest player on the field. When you watch him on tape, it's hilarious because when, when he's out in space, no one's getting to him. Um, I do, you know, yards after catch, I would, if, when he gets touched, he goes down. Um, he's not going to be – even though he's big and strong, um, he, he doesn't really break through tackles like you would think. Again, that could be something that's taught, though. He's, he's a one or two route tree. I would say two. Let's just say he's got two on the route tree the bucks can teach him three other routes. We'll see. He's going to be a slot player in the NFL, but look at the speed this guy brings. This is going to be exciting because I think that um, Dave Canales already spoke about Devin Tompkins, last year's undrafted free agent of Utah State, talked about his speed and his shiftiness, and now you're adding a Trey Palmer to that group. So, you really added a, a, a ton of excitement here for me because I think Trey Palmer could win the punt and kickoff returner job and bring and bring some juice to us. And I I'm very excited about that, actually, and I hope this is the year that we did that. All right, uh, another pick, uh, our last pick in round six, uh, Jose Ramirez, Edge, uh, Eastern Michigan. His best position in NFL is going to be outside linebacker, 3-4 uh, pass rusher, which is exactly fits Todd Bowles' defense. Height, 6'1", 242 pounds, 32-inch arm length, which is, uh, which is not terrific. Hand size, 8-3-4, which is two percentile, which was at the very bottom of hand size. Now here's where you're going to get some some crazy statistics, right? Ten yard split 1.63, 56 percentile. Forty yard dash 4.73, 69 percentile. Vertical jump three and one half, 66 percentile. Broad jump 118, 63 percentile. Three cone, okay? Three cone at 6.95. This is shows you how he moves in space and how what kind of pass rusher he's going to be. This is one of the major measurements at 88 percentile. 20 yard shuttle, 4-3, 78 percentile. Bench press, 21 reps, 30 percentile, 66 tacks, 66 tackles, 9.5 for loss, 12 sacks, two pass deflections, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery. Those nine and a half tackles for loss was the best in the Mac and fourth best in the entire nation. Um, he was also Mac Defensive Player of the Year. So we have Cancy, who was Defensive Player of the Year, and now we have Jose Ramirez, who was also Mac Defensive Player of the Year. Oh, and by the way, he was also team captain. Surprise, uh, Jason Light is killing it with these uh, team captains. I, I pulled up the relative athletic score for Jose Ramirez because I was listening to a podcast, and she said that, oh, by the way, most teams had a third-round grade on Jose Ramirez. So I'm like, third round grade. So I went back and I looked, and sure enough, I saw third and fourth round grades on Jose Ramirez. We drafted him in the sixth round. I'm like, this guy is a pure pass rusher, and, and I'm so excited because I think we should draft pass rushers on these lower picks every year who show any signs of pass rush because they're so hard to find. Take flyers on these guys. This guy's more than a flyer, Joe Bucks fans. So I pulled up his, his relatively athletic score. Check this out. Right? Under – under great category. So they, basically, the, R, the relative athletic score ranks every player between 1 and 10. He's 8.11, which is great. But what they do is they, they put in what's great about a player and they put in what's absolutely crazy elite, right? So great was 40 yard dash time, 473, 20 yard split, 272, and 10 yard split, 158. So basically, the, the RAS is saying, okay, this guy has some great grades here. Listen to where he's elite. His 4-3 shuttle was 8.60, which is – that that score puts him in the higher percentile. His three-cone at 6.95 was 9.51. They're saying that on a scale of 1 to 10 that Jose Ramirez had the most elite three-cone and shuttle in the draft. Why are those important? Those are pass-rushing, you know, staples. Those are super important. Um one of the things I talked that that, were, that I read about uh, Jose Ramirez is they want to add some strength to him to play in the NFL. Again, we'll see how that goes. And you know, and another reason why he fell in the draft was because he's a little bit of a tweener uh, as far as his about, as far as his size. Every single thing that I've read about this Jose Ramirez was was that he is an incredible pass rusher. These athletic scores show that his statistics as being MAC Player of the Year of having 19 uh, and a half tackles for loss and 12 sacks. That's that's dominant. That's a dominant player. So then I go and watch his tape. It reminded me of when I watched Ali Marpet at Hobart State and it reminded me of watching Vita Vea's high school tape. It's when you see you, you you don't even need the little circle to know where he is. You don't even need to look for his number. All you're doing is watching plays and then all of a sudden you see a guy just dominating at his position. Vita Vea at running back was one of those guys. Ali Marpet at left tackle was one of those guys. It was just pancaking, guys. If you guys have not watched Jose Ramirez, you have got to go watch his Eastern Michigan highlights. They are insane. Watch a whole game, and you don't even need to know who he is. He will dominate the game for you. He fits perfect in the 3 4 uh, outside linebacker. This is a guy. You have Yaya, and then you have Jose. These, these I mean, Jason Light went. We're going to add some pass rush this year. We're going to get to the quarterback. We're going to use our $100 million tandem in corners. So between our two corners and our safeties with our speed, we're going to get there. Based upon the fact that on offense, we're not going to be as explosive, I don't believe. Uh, And and remember, I haven't watched one snap yet, so I don't know how explosive we're going to be. I think Rashard White's going to have a great year. Not quite sure about everything else. So we'll see how it goes. But I know on defense, we're going to have a pass rush. I don't need all these pass rushers to be great. I just need them all to be good. They can all just be good. If they all got six-and-a-half sacks, what a great season this would be for the Bucs. Again, the Detroit Lions did it last year with Hutchinson and Houston. You know, they combined for 18-and-a-half sacks those two players. That's incredible. And and I'm very excited that we can have the same type of thing going on. So, basically, I hope you enjoyed the breakdown. I hope I gave you some really great information where – all of our draft picks were team captains, but one I think was very interesting. We have the top processing uh, defensive player uh, at the combine in Servace. in Servasier, was the was the highest IQ tester uh, at the combine. I think that's pretty crazy. We drafted the fastest player at the combine in Trey and Trey Murray. So our Trey Palmer, which I thought was really interesting. Uh, we have a lot of guys that are just firsts, and we draft the best pass rusher at defensive tackle in Cancy. So again. I'm very excited about this draft. I know it's not as exciting because a lot of defensive players and sure, would, I have, would we have rather had some really cool toys to put in the in the garage, of course. I, that's how I feel. But I, I think we got faster. I think we got more physical. I think we got more pass rush. I think we got some some really quality individuals who are going to help lead our locker room. I'm, I'm really looking forward to this year and seeing how they develop. I think Jason Light did an excellent job. Um, and I hope you enjoyed this uh, this breakdown. I will see you guys next time for the unrestricted or undrafted free agents that we th- – because I think they deserve their own podcast. We're going to break it down because some of those guys are going to make the Bucks team, and I'm going to tell you who's going to make the Bucks team. I'm going to do my early predictions uh, even before camp starts. Again, visit us at Bill Curry Ford Tampa, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Please share this podcast with your friends wherever you listen to podcasts. Please leave reviews. Please leave me uh, Joe Bucks fan comments. I love all of them, good or bad. Just give, just give me information. I love it. I can take it all. And then I, we'll see you guys next time. Right, Grace? Do you have anything to add? Nope. All right. And then visit us at billcurryford.com for all of our great specials and our construction sale. The Giant returns in 2023. Thanks, guys.